Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. And I'm glad there's no schedule because this book took a long time to get through. Anyway, joining me on today's podcast is Juliana. Hi everyone. And uh, you're here. Did you read this book? Uh, no. Uh, but I wanted you to join in anyway because this is a book which has got something to do with some recent books that we've read and reviewed together. All right. Yeah. So Tell me, uh, what is it? What's that? What is it? Well, first of all, I just want to say that um, unconnected to the Science Fiction Book Review podcast, I started up a Patreon. And the Patreon Ooh. is uh, mostly for juggling videos and uh, juggling podcasts and the other things that I do as a professional juggler. Um, but, you know, stuff for jugglers, other jugglers and people who've listened to this podcast for a while will know my juggling background that I'm a professional juggler. However, um, the podcast, it, it's just an easy way if you want to support the Science Fiction Book Review podcast. Normally, I've just been like, well, yeah, sign up for audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SFBRP. But that's kind of like a very roundabout way of helping support the podcast. And I've hardly been mentioning that in recent episodes anyway. Um, anyway, if you go to patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge uh, and become a patron, like for $1 a month, you get access to the Juggling Podcast, which I know that nobody listening to this is probably very interested in, but it's just a way that if you like what we do and want to hear more general podcasts and silly projects that we can work on, uh, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge, and uh, I think I'm up to about $20, $20 a month on Patreon at the moment. 24 Is it $24 a month, yes, is it? Yes, and seven or eight people yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, uh, but I also think it's well, might, it might be interesting for like SFPRP listeners to just... Uh, yeah. Start uh, getting into something totally different. Yeah, if, they, about if, you, juggling. if you want to see juggling and stuff like and that, there might be some overlap between SFBRP listeners and juggling podcast, future juggling podcast listeners. But I'm not, I'm not really sure because it is kind of two di completely different aspects of my life. However, the more money that comes in for one, the easier it is to spend time on the other, and that works both ways. Of you know? course, of course. So, it is. Uh, so and, I just wanted to a, a plug for Patreon launch. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Luke Birch. Anyway, carry on. And also. Like, just telling me f you from my life a little, uh, starting to juggle isn't that hard. Oh, you're trying to you're trying to uh, to get people to get into, into yes. Like... Also, if you uh, if support uh, the Patreon, you can uh, also see Juliana joining in on the juggling videos and juggling videos of her as well. Yes, you can check that out on Twitter exactly. and Instagram. It's good for the like brains. You it know? is. It is. Um, uh, yes. Patreon.com forward slash, I've said that enough. Uh, Luke Burridge is where you need to go there. Anyway, uh, sign What's up. What's the book? What's the book? Oh, oh the book is Citine by C.J. Cherry. Have you read this before? I have read this book before because I read most of these books by C.J. Cherry in the 90s. And uh, in this book is the follow-up book to Down Below Stations, which I read oh. and was like, hey, that was good. That's the third time I've read Down Below Station. And Down Below Station was the book that I finished before starting the SFBRP. Do you remember that? Right. Like The last yes. book that I didn't review <laughs> on the Science Fiction Book Review podcast was Down Below Station. And CJ Cherry in the 90s was always one of my favorite science fiction authors with this same series. Right. And so I thought, well, let's try it out. I've not read this for 10 years, 15, 20 years, in fact. This yes. is probably the last time I read this book was 20 years ago. And, uh, yeah, I thought I'd give it another go. Um, however, this book has got more in common... Oh, it has a lot of common in with Down Below Station. Yeah, I was just trying to think about... Like, I hit this word I, that yeah. comes up in, in the book, right? What, Cytine? Down, yeah. yeah. 
Isn't uh, that the station? Cytine is the planet the... where the Union is based, and the Union ah, is where they right. do all the cloning. And, you know, there's one character in Down Below Station who is one of these clones from Cytine, and they're like, well, okay. are you a real person, or how? And he's like, oh, no, you need to take control of me. You know, like, there's all of that stuff going on in Down Below Station. Okay. This book is based purely on Cytine, this planet where yeah. all of this stuff is going on. Okay. All of this cloning is going on. But it's not the planet down below the It's station. not the planet below, down below station. It's a third planet. Oh, right. So there's Earth, yeah. there's Cytine, which yeah. has got non-biological life on it. No, so it's got non-Earth life on it. Oh, okay. But no intelligent uh, life. And yeah. then down below, well, Pell, I yeah. think it's caught, wasn't it? Planet yes. of Pell. That was where they found non Earth life and non-Earth intelligence. Exactly, the, these little guys. Yeah, right? the little the, guys, okay. Little... So this book is set like decades after all of that went down there. Okay. So there's this, you know, the alliance is with the trading and there's Earth and then there's the union and stuff like that. So there's all these different kind of things going on. However, okay. all of that is just background for this. What this is very, book is very much, it's just about this planet, Cytine. And Cytine is like, from the Alliance point of view and from the Earth point of view, that's the big bad because they're expanding and they're using cloning technology to get a big enough population to expand really quickly. Okay. And also they're using um, what they call uh, tape, which is one of those funny things, everything from the 70s and 80s with computers. It's sort of like, oh, run a tape for that or record ah, a tape. You know, it's ah. all tape this and tape that. Of course, when, whenever you do this, you've just got to think, okay, what they mean by tape is whatever a information device. yeah and then it's sort of like it's on a disc it's on a disc and for, for a while all all information was kept on uh, book discs or book tapes and things like okay. that as it goes through and now what would you say it's on a it's on a drive it's on a a thumb, a thumb drive it's on a it's on a not a hard drive because now you get SSDs in the cloud. it's in the cloud yeah and now you don't even think about um units of technology i've noticed this actually with um with the uh, uh with uh, the uh, the Star Wars movies in the first one, uh, you know they they actually record into R two D two. Here is the thing. He is the device. He is the right? device that they record onto. And now you're like, well, you don't need a full. Uh, I say now in the in the Force Awakens. Then they're like, oh, let's put the let's put the information onto a thumb drive, which we're going to put into BB eight. And mm. then BB eight is the important thing. But it's sort of like no, actually, just the information. On, on the, the device. Whereas in, with R2-D2, yeah. it's like, no, the device, like the... the anyway, so it's this kind of thing of like, what is the unit, what is the physical representation of the information kept on it? Yes. Like that. And now you realise information is difficult. It's difficult to know what, like, oh, you know, many, many Bothans died to get these plans for the Death Star. And you're like, oh, and how did they get that? Oh, well, they just went to a library, but there was hard drives in the library. But then they could beam it with a type beam into space. And, the, you know, uh, you understand that kind of thing. Okay. It's sort of like in the original, I always thought, okay, there's plans. And you saw those... Yeah, yeah, Coming up. Yeah, and there's this wireframe thing. And you think, oh, that was really difficult because they had to actually put it onto a droid and then get the droid here. And, they, and then you realize, oh, actually, no, it was just they they transmitted it. But then they're like, oh, no, but it was difficult to transmit. You know, this whole this whole chain of what information is kept on, as we understand that it doesn't have to be on an R2-D2 droid. Yes. But yeah. also, if you transmit something, yeah. it can, you know, like, like I always have it in my head. It's like a, a transmission through space and then somebody can just come and intercept and grab it, it and exactly. grab it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you have it like on a physical device, yeah. it's like with the same thing with the, with the pin and the chip and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You need like to the two things together, yeah. right? You yeah. need the information 
on the you need a You need a physical thing, okay? You're being distracted by the birds out the window. You are distracted by yeah. the birds out the window. But you're talking, you've got to talk into the microphone. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, lots of use of tape in this, but you've just got to imagine tape can be for story purposes. Whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so what they do, they clone someone and from age zero they start playing tape to them like uh, like uh, educational mind controlling kind yeah. of stuff going on okay. to make a a very pliant um, army to make pliant workers all of that kind of yeah. stuff now here's the thing is this immediately what you think about this are we talking about a utopia or a dystopia well, it feels like dystopia. Exactly. Right? However, <laughs> this because this novel isn't from the point of the Alliance or the Earth point of view, it's from the Union point of view. It's from the point of view of people in Cytine. Yeah, for them it's positive. Well, it's just the way life is. Ah. And it's really interesting to read a book where I'm just going, okay, I want these people to succeed and I want them to win and, I want, and I'm rooting for them. Right? You know, obviously these are the people in this book I want you to root for, but you're like, but these are the people who are controlling, they're coming up with the technology and controlling the entire um, society and civilization from the point of view of, you know, it's like pure brave new world kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? feels like... It's like, okay, we, you know, everyone is brought up from the thing. There's even like alpha levels and beta levels and all of these kind of people, you know, right. and, and uh, in different ranks of different... Um, uh, and you're in the rank by, by yes, birth, yeah, right? From, but it's, yes. it's, it's, it, from birth, yeah. you know what you're going to be. They're called, um, what is it, Avis? No, um, Azis. Azis. It's a little and, bit like... Um... What's it? Um, Paula Mayo? Mayo? Yeah, Paula Pol- Ma- Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah exactly. Like she's living that's, on a yeah, genetically she, engineered planet where she, everyone is like... Yeah, but she comes from Huxley's trip. Haven, which was based, based around, on, the, uh, yeah, around, oh, around oh, Brave oh, New right. World. So you, it, it, is, it, is it, like, it is exactly like that. Huxley's Haven, this is what we're doing. Yes. Uh, so Cytine is kind of that idea. Everyone yeah. is determined, or all of the Aussie people, but there's lots of other, there's like sits as well, which are like the citizens who are naturally born, or right. they're born in womb tanks, but they're not, they've got a chance to develop their personality and abilities first. They're not brainwashed. Uh, only if like... they're going in a, a wrong direction in life, then they're like, eh, we've got to fix this. And so re-education. They can be, they you. Can, you can have re- tape, tape re-education. But right. the, the highest level of yeah. anyone, they are the specials. And the specials are the... Um, are the ones who are like super high level intelligence mm-hmm. and they're so special that they have like this extra, like an Einstein level of intelligence, you know, like okay. whoever the top level is, they're called the specials and they have special privileges, you know, yeah. they are looked after. Like, okay, you could just go over there and do your research and do your stuff. Yes. You know? And we need what's in you. We need what's in your brain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the book rules all happens in Cytine in a place called Resune. And Resune is the, uh, the, it's like a company, but a research lab as well. Okay. And the Resune is the one who works with, who puts out all the tape, who develops the tape. Ah. So it turns out okay. anyone can make, anyone can make as is, anyone can do the duplication of humans, yeah. but to actually control them to, to, to get what it's you like want. It's like an art form. Like a science itself. It's a science itself, but they say, okay, here's the genetics that you need for this person, and here's the tapes to go with it. So it's intellectual oh. property tie-in. So they're getting money for all of the intellectual property. Okay. So if anyone can create womb tanks and create anyone they want, but if they're just if you're just going to make a, a mass population explosion of people who can't be controlled, mm. that's really messy. Yeah. 
Mm. And so they're like, oh, we're going to go to this other planet here and set up over there and over to this space station. We're going to spread out. So the whole point, there's these two political factions in on Cytine. One is the expansionists who want to just go, yes, go here, go there. We're going to spread out throughout as much as the galaxy as we can. Right. And there's the other ones which are the uh, like the centrists and who just want to like, look, we've got the society like the set up. Let's people. make this. Let's make it. Well, not so much conservative, but more like we don't need more and more and more and more people. We can just concentrate on making the lives better here. So that's the setup for this book. Right. Um, that's just the background. Uh, now, the real setup for this book is the situation of like, like what's the inciting incident? Like, what's the what's the thing that kicks off the story? And that is a new technology. And it's always that's always I like I like about science fiction books. It doesn't have to be like you can have a a story which isn't really a science fiction story that's just set in a science fictional setting. Yeah. What's what I like about science fictional stories is the introduction of a new piece of technology and how it plays out, either yes. in our real world or in this other thing. Okay. So here the idea is: what happens? If someone dies, and then you clone that person, and then you try and bring them up, uh. educate them in the same way that the other person was educated, bring them up as close to their uh, the, original. The, the, the original as yeah. possible, and then can you recreate someone who's special? Now, this was tried out in the past in this book with someone called Bok, the Bok clone, and that's the person who came up with the faster than light technology drive. And you're like, so All you right. want him again? Yeah, what well, was a her? But her. you want Estelle Bok is sort of like she was the Einstein of her time. Okay, right. let's get her again. So what they do, they clone her and try and bring her up, but it doesn't work out, and she's just all troubled and she's not very clever very much. Oops. So what happens in this book is that the person who owns Resune or runs Resune or her parents came up with Resune, the company, and then she dies through ways that I'm not going to get into because it's, you know, there's no reason to spoil this book. But now the whole book is that um, Ariana Emery, who is this, they make a clone of her and then they're like, can we bring this new young girl up to be able to take over the company or will she be able to get the same abilities yeah. and the same political power yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff if she is legally the same person, person as who has died. Of course. And so that's what this book is about. So it's basically about uh, how much of your education is the education and how much are the influences. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, you can see kind of with you and your twin brother. Yeah. This is like you are the, <laughs> you are the, the living kind of... Yeah, we're, we're, genet we're genetic clones with it, of each other. Yeah. And our lives were very, 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 very similar yeah. all the way up until we left school. Oh, well, yeah. actually, after school, I was like, I'm going to do performing arts because I want to do performing arts stuff. You know, I want to be yeah. a performer in the future. And Nathan wasn't sure what he wanted to do. And then, I wouldn't say last minute, but then later on, he was like, actually, I'm going to apply for the same course as you, me. Yeah. So then yeah. we went to college to do performing arts together. Right. And we both went off to do, you know, and then after college is where our lives really diverged at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, yes, but our personalities were very much the same uh, as, as children. And then out, like, influences out of, uh, well, like, here's in the, the thing. world, right? Yeah, They're... but here's the thing, like, I actually made a decision when I was about 10 years old that I had to have a different personality than Nathan had. That's clever. Well, I'm not sure if it was clever or not, but it's but one it's of those... But it's self-conscious. It's self-conscious, self but I'd, I'd done experiments on myself before then. You've done experiments on yourself? Well, minor experiments. Like, for example, I wanted to see if I could eat... If I could learn to eat left-handed, because I always eat right-handed. Like, everyone, I'm, I'm a right-handed person. Right. But when I was about six or seven years old, I was like, can... Is it possible to learn to eat left-handed? 
and it turns out, yes it is, all you need to do is rotate your plate 90 degrees. Because if you actually, if you pick up a knife and fork and you're cutting something, you stab something with a fork and you cut it with, with right-handed like this, yeah. and then you're like, oh, let's switch it open, but the sausage on the plate is still, still on the same, on same angle. Time. You've got to like twist your arms around like this. I'm doing a mime now, but with pens in my hand feeling it. You've got to twist your arms around. But if you actually just then rotate your plate uh, 90 Put degrees the to the, the round the right, to the left, left then yeah. your fork stabs in and the angles all work out. Yeah. And that, I worked that out when I was like six or seven years old. All to right. this day, why do I eat left-handed? I know. It's always annoying. I always have to think, oh no, the, the knife goes on the left. I it. eat left-handed knife and fork because when I was six or seven years old, or maybe eight years old, but it was when I still lived in New York, so I was definitely about younger than nine years old or yeah. something like that. I realized that I could change something about me by working putting on it. Putting in an effort. Putting in the effort. Yeah. And when I was about 10 years old, I realized that me and Nathan were always considered the one. same one thing. Yeah. Like at school, Nathan would do something bad and we'd both be punished for it. We'd both be sent to the head teacher to get punished for it just because, well, yeah, of course you one do of those, that. One of you did it. One of you did so it. So We don't know who. Well, so. it's not even <laughs> that we don't know who. It's sort of like you both need to learn this lesson, you know. And so going to yeah. a school where two people with the same genetics and the same upbringing were being treated as one person and being punished as one person. Like, yeah. where does the unit of personality end? Ends. Yeah. And I know this is a, a weird thing to admit, but it was that kind of thing that I realised that, like, when we, we were just Luke and Nathan, or the boys, we were just the boys at home. Oh, the boys are going to do this, the boys are going to... That was it. Like, there was no... Yeah. There's no difference in it. Sort of like, oh, so we're going to do this, and then what are the boys going to do? Oh, the boys can go there. It was sort of like we were one unit of personality and one unit of consideration for other of other people. Like, even our parents, we were just one unit it kind of, of makes it family factoring. Manageable. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, what I always am so... Like, especially in the context of reading a book like this, yeah. what is always so fascinating to me is that you have experienced in kind of uh, cloning. Yeah. It is weird, but this is it, right? I mean, I, we talk I have about... a control group, and there was a. And, right. and, and also, I am the control, uh, the control for somebody else's uh, yeah. upbringing and things this like is, that. This is really cool. This is very science fiction, even though it is just natural. Yeah. It's natural cloning. So, but again, I don't know how much my thoughts of saying, oh, I need a different personality to, you know, establish me as a, a unique person yeah. from... It's not like I want to be different from Nathan because Nathan isn't good enough for me or that I want... No, it's just sort of like, no, I need to establish myself as having a, a personality or a character which isn't so reliant... So I can recognise for myself. Well, it's not... My person... I wanted to make my personality not reliant on me being a twin... Yes. ...to Nathan or being one half of one unit, if right. you know what I mean. Um, and there was a few things that I did which I was like... Meh, probably wasn't best to do that you know whatever but it did kind of set me apart even my regret over doing something bad or like making the wrong call in one of those situations right. was enough to kind of set me on to a different path if yes. you know what I mean yes. like it, it even the negative things set me was had a positive outcome of me being different from the person that I was before yeah I don't know how many 10 year olds have the same reason to do that kind of thing but being an identical twin was certainly a big enough reason. Big enough reason for yeah, me. Yeah, that's interesting. So then um, if we think like you got like, if we abstract it in the way that we say, okay, up until 10 years old, um, you got taped in a certain way. Yes, right? our tape, we were on the same tape, same tape re regime. And then, uh, and then 
at some point, let's see what happens if one of them uh, gets some slightly different influx. Yeah, but again, it's that s- the slight different influence was probably was probably all that was needed, really. Right. For for me and Nathan to be set off in a different path in our life, but then there were some things which happened to Nathan, which were a big a big issue for him. Hmm. You know, some very traumatic things. Like uh, one, there was a a kid in our school when about fourteen years old hmm. um, was killed. It was there was a there was a fight in Barnard Castle between him and some students from another school, Whoa. and he was he was he was stabbed to death. And, oh, that's harsh. And died. And he was Nate, one of Nathan's school friends. But I didn't know him because he was in a different class. He was right. in different classes from me. Okay. But that was a was a, a big impact on Nathan, which didn't affect me emotionally in the same As way. Much. Yes. Um, which, uh, again, looking back now, I can see that you know I uh, like, changes. Well, yeah, but also at the time, I probably didn't have the right thing. Like, I remember there was this thing where this was before Facebook or any social media, like so much before that, that it's not even it's not even like it was on the news. It was on the local radio news that somebody had had uh, had died in Barna Castle. A student had died in Barna Castle and they hadn't been named. They hadn't been named. So I went in and Nathan said, oh, somebody's happened. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And he was like, oh, no, no, someone's died. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's like... Inter-. So, like, my setup, like, that whole setup for, you, for that... For you, was so distant. It was, like, distant because it's sort of like, well, it's not me and it's not you. This is not going to be an interesting situation to find that out. And it just happened to be one of his friends, like, one of his, uh, like, circle of friends. Again, I don't know how close they were, but mm. for me, like, he was just some, like, some kid at school who I had you know seen maybe seen and i think bullied by maybe but not in a not in a bad way or something like that it was uh, no not he wasn't bullied no he there was once this time where someone was like hey let's beat up luke and i was running across from other people and uh, and he was one of the people who kind of not came to my defense but was sort of like getting in on it like oh no let's stop the bullet you know like that kind yeah. of thing so i do have good memories of him and he was a he was a fun kid um but again that was a big defining moment in Nathan's life, which didn't impact me in the same way. Right. You know, there was different. There's different things that can happen in that. Just slight things of just yeah. like a friend dying and it meaning more to one person than the other. And so, which brings me back to this book: is that the whole idea is that like if you get someone and you bring them up, put them in a family unit, which is sort of like try and put them together with someone as a foster mother who is very much like the the real mother yeah. put them together with some uncles who are really like the real uncles yeah. although there was some kind of one of the reasons why that previous person was like they are is because one of the uncles was abusive towards the the I original just, i guessed and then they're like well we're not going to do that but of how course. can we set up a situation where to, they to have a similar outcome well they want a, a similar outcome but also the previous one was a bit of a bitch and like maybe this one yeah, we but can, you can't. but it's sort of like, can we make someone who is politically maneuverable and is politically aware and who can you know take over and run this thing and be just as special and be just as genius and can but have all the tricks? All but the... Also, yeah, but no, because actually being a bitch was part of part of that. Of course, so anyway, of course. for me, this book is a fascinating study in um, you know what is up the upbringing, but this is somebody who isn't being taped, and that's the thing. Like, this is somebody, they're trying to do this the natural way, rather than just saying, can we tape these, can we can we uh, run these people's brains so that they're really good? And it turns out that's never possible with the clones. Like, the clones, the Aziz who get the tape education, yeah. they can't think creatively. Okay. 
um, they can be very consistent. They can, if you give them a job as a task, it's very good. And there is one character in this, Grant, who is an alpha. He's a clone of a clone, but changed that he. It's like, can is it possible to make someone who to is a, to uh, to to no, uh, to get the genetics of someone who is an Aussie and give them tape, but to try and make them creative? And it turns out. Well, it's kind of an open question with Grant in this okay. book. So there is, there's lots of other people. And there's Justin, who is a clone of his father, but he was brought up to also be special, but he wasn't brought up in the same way. He was just sort of like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to be the continuation of me. This is going to be my son, even though it's a clone of me, you know. That's and strange. In the, and also there's the control groups. There's another kid who is... Who is? Uh, uh, it's only kind of revealed near the end, sort of like, oh, this side character over here. He was the control for Ari, like, right. and, and he grows up, and he's not clever at all. He d- he doesn't have the same attributes as his his clone. So father. you're saying intelligence is not something uh, in this book that you're putting it down. Intelligence is not something that you inherently have. Like it, it's not right there. It's something that you can shape. Yeah, I mean, yes, the whole book is about that, like, you can control, like, there are ways of controlling people's minds. There's psych sets, if you know what I mean. And some psych sets can be very, very, very good at concentrating. Some can be very good at learning, but they're not going to be creative. They're just going to learn facts. You know, it's sort of like in Dune, you get the mentats. Mm. And Paul was brought up from as a child to be a mentat. Mm. And, the, and then at one point, he's sort of like, no, I can't be a mentat. Because, no, what is it saying? No, I'm not a mentat. I've not been trained as a mentat. And he's like, and besides, mentats, they're not even, they're not even told that they're going to be a mentat. Because if you tell them that they're going to be a mentat, they, they, they can't be a mentat. So they have yeah. to be trained. And then he's like, oh, shit, that's me. No, yes. I have been trained. And yes. it's the same kind of thing in this. They don't tell young Ari that she is a clone and that the, her entire life upbringing is the same until she's like seven or eight years old. And then they actually got to go, yeah, actually... Uh, you're you're not a, a, a cit- you're not like a natural born citizen. Yeah. Like, and then she was like, "Oh, I know, I'm not a natural born citizen. I was born in a womb tank." It's sort of like, yeah, but you're not even your mother you're isn't even... even the person that you thought was your mother. Yeah. And also, in in her real life, her mother died when she was six years old. And in this one, they're like, "Well, we can't just kill the mother, so let's let's station her, let's move her away to a different planet, like a, like you know, months and months and months Wait, away." To still, like, have the impact of yes. the, the separation, separation, but separation not, like, trauma, but uh, not death as, trauma. Yeah. yeah. So this okay. is the whole point. Of this book is how can you? Is it possible to recreate the, a genius level person by? Not trying to give them the best education, but to recreate the the uh, situation where they first develop genius in their first six. So, yeah. Einstein. If we get Einstein, to get him to come up with Einstein's theory of relativity, sort of like, well, he's got to work as a you know, a patent yeah, clerk what, yeah, in, yeah, in what, Berlin what, or wherever what is it was. All, like, we, we don't know what is all part of him yes. being at that point. What is the what is brain. the moment when he was 14 year old where a, like a friend of his died or a, a close friend of his died or just some kid at school died? Yeah. Like, what is that defining moment in his yeah. life which led him to come up with special then general relativity right. and explain Brownian motion and all the other, like there's these four major things that he could have got Mo- Nobel Prizes for. Yeah. Well, well, I think personally, uh, to to come up with a, a a person that is on this intelligence level, you need some sort of chaos that you can't control. Yes. Because the 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 genius or the intelligence or whatever forms, uh, you you can you cannot get that. I think on a on a straight on a straight line, right? Because we don't exactly know what are the influences so yes, and the thing it's impossible to know exactly and then this is why often uh, these very intelligent people are referred to like uh, the uh, uh, what's it the um, 
the genius and the specials. N- oh n- no, in, no, not in this book. What like you're saying, in yeah. general, like yeah. really, really clever people. The savants, the geniuses. Yeah, yeah, the geniuses are often equally troubled. Yeah, equally like uh, unstable. Like, yeah, it was exactly. Are, I was just looking up this this music. What was the guy who did the, who did the uh, Telstar by the Tornadoes? Yeah. the main guy of that who did all Me, of this. Meek, Meek. Yeah, Meeks or something. Bill yeah. Meeks. Yeah. Um, and you just go, wow, this is some crazy music. You've never heard anything like it. Yeah. And it's just crazy stuff. And it was the first, it was the first number one by a British group in America. Yeah. And it was, you know, this huge, like this electronic music in 1962. It was, it was 1963, whenever it was that it came out. Absolutely crazy. And then you look, oh, and he also had, you know, he was also bipolar and had yeah. psychotic incidences. Exactly, that's what And I then mean. shot his like, landlady and killed himself. And he was gay. And you're like, oh, yeah. right, that's quite a burden. Well, but this is all part of him uh putting out all these uh super clever intelligent yeah. things but this is the thing like there you have the genius and the the crazy is just next to it yes. like the, the 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 dividing line of crazy and genius is so small that often you have lots of things to make this person stand out in a genius way yeah they also have to be a little bit crazy because they, yeah. they, you know they they can't get there with the normal yeah, there's there's lots of things, path. lots of things, ways that you can see it. The way that I always look at it is, if someone's going to be a superstar, yeah. I want them to be a bit crazy, or I'd be disappointed if they're if if there's if there's a superstar which is really well adjusted. So like yeah. the lead singer of a band, you're like, oh yeah, you want someone to like be a genius and to be great and stuff, and then they're like, but not quite as troubled as Kurt Cobain, who then you know commits suicide slash whatever happened there, you know. Like, yeah. And you want someone who to be crazy and who can reinvent stuff, but also not be troubled and drink but themselves. But that doesn't to go together. No. That's and the that's, thing. So many is, times, the geniuses yeah. who like remake music or be yeah. the biggest in the They're world. They're the sensitive, most sensitive, yeah. sensible people, and that is always what like what troubles me so much. With the like, I'm coming from music and yeah. music uh, higher education and this kind of stuff. They want people who are very sensitive in yeah. in the music, and on the other hand, they want to make uh, them be able to organize paperwork yeah. and uh, be able to organize <laughs> their their lives in a way. <laughs> If you have a very sensitive, sensible person in one issue, they will have this in their personality. That will be their, yeah. their personality. That's them. You can't separate this out. So, um, you know, like Avicii. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking like about that. Another 28-year-old. musical whatever. genius. Maybe and, he wasn't 28. And he, he hated going on stage and performing yeah. for he, people. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't deal with all that mental And, and then, weirdly enough, he was like, I'm giving up touring. And it took it a lot of time for him to get out of his yeah. touring applications. Yeah, because you, mean, you plan like, ahead. And then, like, six months later, he killed himself anyway. You're like, oh, it turns out it wasn't him getting out of touring that did that. He was just a different just a different person than he'd become. And that's, that's, such, a, that's such a tricky thing with all these people who, you know, uh, either suicide themselves intentionally or yeah. just poison themselves like he just poisoned himself in the so, end hadn't he so you really want to think like of course everyone wants to kind of like be standing out person wants yeah. to achieve something like something that's meaningful something that is amazing and change life changing for maybe for others yeah but then you get the opposite of this when you get the geniuses who are like oh and they were also a rapist and you're like oh yeah. shit but they were yeah. a genius and also yeah. a rapist and you're yeah. like Ah, damn it. So you kind of want them to be a bit crazy, but like also don't hurt yourself and don't hurt anyone else. But that doesn't work. Yes, it's really difficult to channel craziness. And then you get these really like seemingly really well adjusted people who are like consistently really great at what they do. But they then don't change like the world. Psychopaths? Or no, no, no. Sociopaths? I'm saying no, no. I'm saying the real, the real, like the people, like you're saying, we will just 
you know, watching, I, I watched that interview with Muse, that, mm. the band and stuff like mm. that. And they came in and they know exactly who their fans are. They know exactly what they're doing in the music. Mm. They all seem well adjusted. One of them has had problem with some alcohol in the past, but has now sorted it out. Mm. And they keep putting out great stuff mm. and really interesting stuff. Yeah. And they've got a huge fan base. They're one of the biggest touring bands in the world. Yeah. But they're not superstars in the way that the Beatles were or the Rolling Stones are, where yeah. you get these like damaged people being superstars. Yeah. Also, they're in the wrong area. Like, you just don't <laughs> get bands in that. In that and that style, you know, yeah. in that size as well. Yeah. Look, if they had to put out three albums and then kill themselves, they'd be hailed as some music genius of the time. Yeah. But they've just stuck together and just kept on putting out music. Yeah. Interestingly. They, were there any like scandals around them? Like No, not not well, even not really, no, right? No, not even that. Like yeah. they just again it's 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 like to, it, it's like they're really great at what they do, but they're not gonna have the influence of Jeff Buckley, who put out one amazing album yeah. and then and then accidentally killed himself by swimming in a river and got washed down a river and died because like yeah it's this crazy thing but Radiohead and Muse both sing they that you know Tom York and Matt Bellamy are both just doing um, a good Jeff job. Buckley impression right you know and the reason why Hallelujah is the the big version oh, is because I, hate this I know but Jeff Buckley did such a good job of that and like he changed what popular music could be yeah. And he was so influential. If he'd still, if he's still around today, he wouldn't be this troubled genius who creates like one like amazing and almost perfect album, which is so weird and so crazy. And it's like, yeah, but then just don't kill yourself six months later. Yeah, That's that, all you need to do is not do that. Yeah, but that, that doesn't. I think it, it it needs to go together. Anyway, back to this book. Right. Does she this. kill herself? No. <laughs> is she troubled? No. Well, yes, but the point is, she's got. Uh, I know. There's other things. There's other things going on there. Let me put it this way. There's lots of other stuff. This sounds going very on. much like a psychological, social, social. It is a study. psychological <laughs> thriller combined with a coming of age story. Literally, mm. it, the book starts, and the first section of the book is how the original version dies. Oh, right. How, so we get uh, the backstory. Ariana Emery Alpha. Um, oh, dies okay. and then she has put in place this idea of making a personal replicate and she's put in place a whole she thing she put it in herself yeah yeah because oh, she's, cause she's okay. like this genius who's doing this and she's like I'm going to use my genius to get make another genius yeah. which is more successful than the failed Estelle Bock clone because everyone's like this is what we're going to do Estelle Bock's going to be the person yeah. and, and, and it didn't work out and she was up. like well for me so she puts in place this whole um, control unit control computer right. place where it knows it can analyse the young um, the younger Ari Emery's Ariana Emery's um, uh, mental state yeah. her ability and her age and her you know maturity level and then reveal to her more things like okay now read my journals okay. up until this age now I'm going to reveal right. to you this and um, when I'm going to reveal so to you that it's is it an artificial intelligence or just a computer yeah, well it's it's kind of created sort of they, it's not an artificial intelligence they just say you know it's a branching structure so right. if you get this path it leads you down this path and you okay. find out this thing right. and there's lots of bits of information like you can't search for this because you just don't know about this yet yeah. and then she'll suddenly say oh and search for this keyword this planet and then mm. they're like ah this is actually the and truth of what happened another, and it yeah. opens up some other things like yeah. that and other things are sort of like you're sort of like we're dialing you in now and you're just you're not just not far enough along in your test to be able to access this part and then the book skips forward two months and they're like oh now you are and it's sort of like oh it's actually like a reward system yeah as well like so you she know, can she can open up things she can by, she as she improves by continuing her, on the yeah. path yeah. So that's, oh, that's also cool. this rejuve technology, which is uh, so the the older people live longer generations. So it's not like you die at sixty five or seventy. You get to like one hundred and thirty, okay. and then you can, and then you get there. Um, and then all of this revolves around 
the the who is going to be controlling Rijun. Yeah. And also then Saitine as, you know, the union. Yeah. It's like, who's going to be, there's a council of nine and there's always a science officer. And the whole point of this book is, will Ariana PR, a personal replicant, yeah. is she going to get to the point where she can be appointed as a science minister or right. run the Rijun? Or be part Rijun, of that circle. Uh, Rijun, Rijun. Uh, yeah. Can she run the thing like that? So that's the end of the book. Okay. And when she gets to the point where she... Where she's old enough and has enough abilities to do it, pretty much, you know, other people understand what's going on. There's a bit of a climax there, yeah. and then it, and, it, and it wraps up there. So what you do is you get the death of somebody, and then the first 18 years of the replacement's mm. life of what all the things she does, and it is oh my god, this is a long book, and this is a dense book, and this is a book full of politics. This is this came out like three four years before Red Mars, yeah. But like, this has almost as much politics as Red really? Mars. As much okay. world building as Red Mars. The long drawn... You know, Red Mars is set over, like, Do- 20, 30 years as well. Yeah. That's what this book is. And I and I was thinking that as I was going through. I was like, what are the latest big books that took me a long time to get through? Well, it took Red Mars took you a long to get through. Yeah. Down Below Station took us both a long time to get through. Yeah. There was a fantasy book, which was actually two novels stuck together, yeah. which took a long time for me to get through. And I was reading this. I was going, this has a lot to do with Red Mars. And then I looked over at the Goodreads page here as well. And... Um, other people are saying, oh, it's like Red Mars. It's like uh, full of politics and it's like okay. this wide Does ranging... Does it have philosophy in it as well? Like lots of like... Uh, Here's the book. Oh, if someone concepts. says it's a marriage of Dune and Brave New World because again, it's like, like that, you same. know, young kid, yeah. like being, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so Dune, Brave New World, uh, Red, Red Mars, Mars and loads of other stuff going on in this book. Okay. It really is about like this world building told from the point of view. Two, two main characters. One is Ariana. The other one is Justin, who is just the clone of his father. Right. And their stories are tied very much in together. Okay. Um, because he's been educated. And, and there's these things, all these different little word things that they have, which is sort of like someone has, uh, they've they got the tape, and then there's too much flux. When, when, when one of these Azas has too much flux, it means there's too much going on and they can't concentrate on one thing. Right. And there's too many inputs on. To them. It's like the glitch. Yeah, it's like a glitch there's going on. There's psych sets, there's tape, there's tape flashes, which are sort of like PTSD from uh, unsuccessful interventions. Yeah, there's interventions. Oh, they're really fucking up those humans, aren't they? Oh no, clones. Clones. But also, Justin is a, isn't a isn't an Aussie. He's a sit. He's a citizen, but he's also had, you know, interventions as well. Right. But also, there's all the interventions which aren't tape. They're just human interventions. Yeah. So if you just say to someone, you know, something, and then they react in one way, it's sort of like psychological manipulation of them in a uh, level where they don't know that they're being psychologically so, so like a, NLP know. kind of thing NLP yeah there's like NLP kind of stuff going on but also just on a political level like with propaganda and there's this court yeah. case and someone says something and they, she says oh this 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 and the person just replies okay well that's what this means and she's like no wait you're you're doing an intervention on everyone in here. I give an answer, and you said, "Well, that means this." No further questions. You say you can't just leave it with saying that means this. No further questions, because that's not what I said. But now you've put into the minds of everyone. That's so there's so meaning. much yeah. political propaganda oh, yeah. stuff, so much political messaging in this book. Wow, okay. Oh my god, this book is full of politics, and it's full of psychological stuff. It's full of technology. This book is overcramped and it's probably a bit too long. But again, it comes down to that point that I had with Red Mars. It's sort mm. of like it's so much about politics 
from and it's from the same you era kind of, of need politics. It all in there, right? It's all like, well, what am I going to take out? I yeah. think there are things that you could take out, and you could probably pay off some stuff. But also, it's talking about people who just aren't very nice people. Like this is some, you know, what is it, the cast iron bitch kind of thing? Like, yeah. you know, what do you do? Like, oh, we need someone who can who can lead, who is a woman who's going to be a political leader, but not as. But Hillary Clinton is a bitch, and Nancy Pelosi, she's a bitch as well. But why? But it's like, oh yeah, but you can't do yeah. that. And Which it's is, all this of this kind always... of thing. We just go, no, you can you can have someone, you can represent someone as being competent, who, who's also female, but it doesn't have to be a bitch. She's just yeah. strong. But. This is this is what it comes down to when I always think um, leading persons, leading mm. personalities. It often comes down to you can't get there without all the other traits as well. Yeah, you've got to break a few you, eggs you to make an omelet. To, yeah, and, and, and if you want a woman who can lead something, like you then need uh, a woman that's bossy yeah. sometimes or maybe always I yeah. don't know because this is just the way that you have to be a leader you just have to make decisions even if they're not uh, like um, if yeah. they're not uh, popular, popular. Yeah. so uh, it was comes always then okay uh, we want a leading woman but yeah. she still needs to be nice and she still needs to like uh, understand everyone and be diplomatic and yeah. uh, never show emotion and never do this because then she's just a woman again or she has to be nice but then like a badass at fighting or something right. like that that's the other that's yeah. the other trope sort of like strong female lead means you know can shoot guns well and stab people exactly and the same goes the opposite like you have all these these men in like leading uh, in, in big companies leading uh, something and then they're always like okay they work a lot they're yeah. never at home with yep. their families and then they you... don't have that emotional connection exactly that... and then and then you tell those those people okay now uh, you become uh, more like I don't know caring and like yeah. you work less and stuff Bit more empathy. but you can't really combine this you can't you either have to be working 80 hours a week, leading the company, yeah. uh, and then your family kind of gets uh, falling under the table, yeah. or you take care of your family, but then you can't do the leading aspect yeah. so much. So it's, it's always so like that you can't have one or the other. Here's the thing that this book is, that is what this book is. Right? That, that, I mean, it's not so much about work-life balance and stuff. But I mean, to be honest, it is because there's a whole part of this book which is exactly about that. Yeah. You know, w weirdly enough, the family kind of dimensions in this book is crazy. Yeah. The power, the politics, it's like this book is just crammed full and it's every page is like this. Every conversation oh God, is, this like is like this. Like Hard. You would not like this book no, at all. It doesn't. And sound this like is it. the thing when I was trying to rate this book, you know, and on Goodreads, I was yeah. like, I, I put three stars, and then when I went back to check on it, I was like, no, this book is way better than three stars. And then I say four stars, but a four star book is a book which I think anyone should be able to read and enjoy. Yeah. Which I could say that about Red Mars because Red Mars, there's more going on in the background of Red Mars that it is actually about Mars. You know, yeah. it's a bit more. They, they, these are real human beings. Yes. You know, going yes. there's. I don't know. Whereas this book, it's got like it's got like not the same political dimensions of Red Mars. Well, it, it actually does in a way because it is about who's leading. You know, it is purely yeah. about who's leading yeah. stuff, and and also the whole idea that sex is politics. You know, architecture yeah. is politics. Yeah. In this book, it's horse riding is politics. Really? Uh, you know, because they clone some horses and they're like, well, who gets to ride the horses? And then yeah. you're like, oh shit! And I'm looking, it's like, oh, who the in group with these? Which kids are going to ride these horses? This is going to oh, be wow. important. I think it's because I maybe remembered that from the last time. I read this book 22 years ago you, or something you, like that. So that was cool. Well, no, I, I just remembered what was going to happen. Like, uh -huh. oh, this sound, this looks like a group of kids, and who gets to ride the horses? 
But it's not. In the future. Well, no, that is what it is at yeah. that point. But you realise, oh, no, that's politics that yeah. as well. And then later on, she's pretty much like, literally, the same order that you all got to use horses is the order that you got to ride the horses is the order. And maybe it's not quite that blatant, but it's pretty much like, who, are, who got a horse to ride first? This is my inner circle. And right. literally, you're going to join in the same order that you rode my horse. Wow. And Easy. Yeah, okay. and you're like, oh shit! But that was that was five years ago when you know when you were all twelve years old or something. Yeah. Oh, one, one other question because yesterday you mentioned something about lies. Oh yeah, and that's just one of the quotes. Lies. Yeah, well, it was just it was just a quote in the book. Yeah. She, um, at one point, she said something to someone like to Justin, like um, uh, you know, uh, Ariana Emery, the clone. Yeah. And Justin, who was also a clone, but uh, he was, She was like, um, I'm gonna have to lie, and I'm gonna have to tell these people this. And he's like, but are you lying to me now? And you, like, you said that you're lying. Are you lying to me about this? Or are you lying to them about that? And she says, I'm definitely lying. And he's like, no, who are you <laughs> lying to? Who are you lying to? Are you lying to me or are you lying to them? There's two stories here yeah. and you're telling me one of them is a lie and you're telling me one thing and you're telling me them the other thing. Who who's telling the lie? And she's like, well, you know, sometimes you've got to lie. <laughs> and he's like, no, which? <laughs> and it's at the moment of the book, and it kind of sticks with you, and you go, oh shit! Like that is one way to do it, just to yeah. say, look, there's going to be two stories out there. One of them is true, one of them isn't true. And it's like, but which one is true? And she's just like, well, you know, I'm lying in one of these instances. And she says, but this is what my uncle said: is that you can lies are okay, professional lies are okay, but personal lies are not okay. Yeah. Like, there's an there's something as good as an okay lie. And then he's like, but which, like, which, which am I now the personal, am, am I a professional project or am I your friend? Like, which one is it? And she's like, well, I have to lie to somebody. <laughs> and it's, again, I'm, I'm building this up into a way. It's like, yeah. it's even just a small part of the book. It's like yeah. a throwaway comment in the yeah. book. But it isn't a throwaway comment in the book because there's so much weight on it. the like, impact is... Oh, so is Justin, is she just using Justin professionally? Or are they actually friends? Or what is this? And it turns out that the previous, like, he was being, he was, he was having interventions on him. Yeah. And then... Uh, the first one, the first woman died. Mm -hmm. Like Ariana Prime died, and this intervention on him was never concluded. So then he goes for another eighteen years without this intervention being concluded. So he's fucked up on this this entire time. Oh, if no. you know what I mean. So uh, yeah, so just imagine if someone starts you off with a with like a, a psychological treatment, like which is really important, is going to cure you, yeah. and then just before they they give you the last dose. But you just don't get the last dose, and then you've got to wait for it. And you're sort of like, oh, I'm half solved. I'm half independent from my father. Oh, no. I'm half halfway to being an adult, but I'm I'm kept in this limbo oh, that's and stuff terrible. like that. So there's that's a whole other storyline. Brexit, line. isn't it? What's well, Brexit? No, let's not talk about politics. <laughs> let's only talk about fictional science, fictional politics, <laughs> fictional planet things. So anyway, what it comes down to this book is it? Here's my main question: Is this book a utopia or a dystopia? Is Cytine a good way of running society or not running society? And the people in this book are wrestling with that as well. Mm. For example, they're saying, "Hey, we only need we only need these uh, these Aussies until we get a big enough population to be a self-sustaining civilization, yeah. and then we're going to close down the company and we're not going to put out any more tapes. So it's very very important that we keep control of the company mm. and keep control of the technology which brainwashes everyone mm. to the point where we get enough people, then we can just say, okay, that's not happening." and now the next generations after this are going to be free just to be normal human beings and everyone's going to be fine again that's what's at stake here mm -hmm. like can you put the genie back in the bottle 
can you control technology to say no? This is, the, and that's what the that's what the stakes are of this book. So it's a little bit like uh, Jurassic Park, just not with the uh, well. It's with more to do with biology, but uh, yeah, psychology. No, it's more to do with like how is a good way to kickstart a new civilization or kickstart a new utopia? Is it okay to reduce people down to mind slaves and clones? For three yeah, generations, but you can never control three, this. Yeah, but can you do it for three generations and then that kickstarts a whole new worldwide, no, galaxy, or you know, a wide span? So like a single asteroid hitting Earth isn't going to do yeah. it. So is that the thing to make sure that humanity spreads to the stars in a way which is sustainable and can actually happen? So it's not just like every new planet, thirty people turn up and yeah. then it, it fails. Like yeah. if you can turn up with thirty people and within fifty years have. Um, you know, 20,000 people, and then we're like, all right, now we've got enough people to be self-sustaining. You know, it's that kind of question. Yeah, but you never know what what comes after that. What does that free after that mean? Well, you, here's well, the thing, bring it back to Red Mars. They get down, there's the first 100, or yeah. 101, because they send the psychologist as well. Yeah. And then, or 102, because the coyote as well. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, we need more people. And, you know, they go around trying to give birth, but it's not good enough. So what they're doing is just importing Earth problems to the new place just by all the people. Yeah. What would it have been like if you had those first 100 people and then everybody from then on were just clones of those first 100 people? And then would that make it, that would that make Mars a more stable place and a better place for the future of humanity if they left all the poor brown people back on Earth. You know, that's the kind of thing that they're looking at here. That's that's the that that's, it, that's the same Mars issue. issue. That's yeah. what Red Mars issue is. Is yeah. like, is it possible to set up a new world to have a place where if a rock hits the Earth, a big asteroid hits Earth, we've got a backup a backup plan for humanity mm. over here. Mm. Um, what it, you know, it's sort of like, it, it's like morally. Uh, well, not morally, but it's sort of like scientifically and morally and everything in our best interest to set up a colony on Mars as a backup for humanity. Mm. Is it okay to bypass ethics and morality in some ways to make that happen for the good of the long-lasting, the long, long-term survival of the species? But then in Red Mars, it came down to money and uh, exactly, and that's again. the thing. It was all it, it, right. <laughs> that's the whole point. This entire question is purely political. Yeah. Because the ethics, and this is what I'm saying, if you think that there's a political situation to everything, even if it's a generation long thing, and they, they have the same they have the same solution in this book as the Red Mars, is that if we have rejuve technology, we can actually plan for a hundred years rather than just twenty years. Yeah. Because in the people in power are only going to be in power or alive for about twenty years. That's yeah. as much you do. But you go, well maybe if it's like seventy years, can we kickstart a new society in 70 years it turns out yes you can okay. you know so you need this long life thing to get generations more people alive and working yeah but then yeah it's a, it's a tricky thing it's a tricky thing. and also in this book there's like oh we're the first generation of people who don't have a connection to the war and you're like oh that's exactly what happens with the you know the first 100 and the and also in america like you get yeah. the you, there was the last president who fought in the second world war hmm. you know and then there was the last president who is going to be like a baby boomer who would have fought in vietnam you right. know and of, of course. course we've had a few we've had a few presidents now who didn't fight in vietnam who have been way too young for yeah. that kind of thing yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's the thing with John McCain. He was of that last thing. There's, there's a great story where he says, oh, yeah, I remember my father coming home and it was the end of the Second World War. And everyone's like, holy shit, he's really old. <laughs> you know, um, there's, there's that kind of view of it. Yeah. Like, 
what's what's the ne- the next president is probably not going to be a baby boomer because they're going to be aged out. It's going to be someone younger. It's going to be like another Obama who who gets in when he's like forty five or something. Yeah. You know, there's that next generation over of like the people who don't remember the last war. Well, I don't. What? Remember war? No. The point is, it's going to be who became an adult after nine eleven is going to be the next wave yeah. of politicians. Who's going to be the first president who wasn't an adult when nine eleven happened? Who was five years old when nine mm. eleven happened? Mm. That's someone who's fifteen years younger than me. They're now that person is now like twenty five, say right, twenty five thirty. This millennials. Who's going to be the first millennial? Who's not going to be the first Gen X or the last Gen? Like who's going to be the last Gen X and first millennial? Um, presidents. It's going to be in like 20, 30 years time still. Yeah. And that's going to be true. So that's what I'm saying. There's this time lag of what the current generation is in their experience of the world and who's in charge. And it's always this set or offset thing. And that's what happens in this book. The people who are in charge are 130 years old. And then you get these young whippersnappers who are these personal clones yeah. who are like, hey, we're ready to take over now. And we're only like 25. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, 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 you've got to be, you've got to yeah. be 80. And they're like, yeah, no, yeah. we're ready to take over now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so. this, is, this is always the same thing with education as well. I mean, these, are, they, these people have the tapes and stuff. So um, in our system, how yeah. it is, is uh, young kids get educated by people who have been educated by the people. By yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's these layers a, of different <coughs> weird putting on the uh, it's putting a, a put, massive delay. Yeah, putting putting on the problems of the, of, the, of the previous generation or this generation. Yeah, exactly. And like just seeing how school works these days, I have no idea how school works yeah. in Germany, like or in, even in Berlin yeah. uh, in these days. Because since I have left school, massive changes yeah, massive have changes. happened. Yeah, and so the education that but these changes the haven't people, happened. These changes haven't been happened because in control of your generation. No, because it's the generation ahead of yours who are making these changes because they're the ones who are now in power yeah. at 55, 60 years old yes. and they're only going to be in power for the span of 20 years but they're like there's this offset generation thing yeah. you know going backwards yeah. anyway uh... all of that is in this book as well like, oh, so, wow. okay. it, again there's just so much in this book yeah. but I can't give it four stars because four stars means I'd recommend it to anyone and three stars means three and a half stars means here it is if you read Red Mars and were like hey I want more of that but not the terraforming bit but the politics part of it there you go. There you go. <laughs> and if you read it, if you want to know about nature and nurture and personal power and personal identity, this book is just all that. But right. it is too long. But I don't know what I would how, cut. How long is it? Like in, oh, in pages? Oh, like I don't know. Let me have a quick look here. On Goodreads, it says uh, 680 pages. And this is small print as well. Right. Like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of words okay. of this one. And let me have a look on... Um, uh, was it Audible? Because I did listen to oh, yeah. it on Audible. Oh yeah, Red Mars was like five hundred and something. Yeah, let me just have a quick look at my library and I'll and I'll compare some of these uh, these uh, recent ones. What do I have here? Sighting thirty six hours and forty seven minutes. Um, compared to uh, Red Mars is I need to uh, I need to find Red Mars because it's uh, I, I I obviously downloaded an audiobook a long time ago. Uh, where is Red Mars? Red Mars is 23 hours and 51 minutes. Oh, wow. So That's quite a difference. So this is... Even yeah, more. This is uh, 13, almost 14 hours longer than Red Mars. Wow, okay. This is a big book. It was so big that when it was published, it was one book. And then the publishers split it into three books. Oh, so okay. people could like read a section, read a section, yeah. read a section. And then it says here on... Uh, on um, Was it on Wikipedia? Uh, no, I can't. Oh, yeah, C.J. Cherry. It says here that it was split into into three books, and then she wants it to be um, only ever published in the future as one single book. 
Okay. Oh, where is that? Oh, oh, it's on the Alliance and Union page. There's a whole page of all the books in this thing. And it ah. says, reading order. And it says, uh, yes, Citine is one book, not three books. Okay. Um, which, is, which is very important. Oh, I can't remember where it was. So, yes, as, as audiobooks go. And then in between this, I also read The Rise of Empire, which was two different novels put together into one 26-hour, 33-minute book. Aww. So I need to have some shorter books now. Uh, 2001 doing, A Space Odyssey. Right? Yes. So the next book is a short book, A Wrinkle in Time, which we will get to in a bit. next, because you finished it. Right. And I actually just downloaded the audiobook because I have it as an e-book, but I realised that when I've got my phone in front of me and I'm doing, I'm doing German studying now, and I'm just never yes. going to get around to reading a book in that way. Good so job. the next book is A Wrinkle in Time. We're going to do the podcast. Yes. We're going to do half a podcast about the book, and then we're going to watch the movie and then do the other half of the podcast. And I've got some other books that I want to do. There's this one which I downloaded as an audiobook a while ago and just never got round to. Um, the Calculating Stars, a lady astronaut novel, which is like an alternate history of the space race and going to the moon. All right. But with, but with women astronauts instead of, cool. instead of uh, uh, male astronauts. <laughs> and I read that. No, I haven't read it. I've had it downloaded on my book since um, when? Like October, like September, whenever it is. You downloaded it on, on your phone? Yeah, on my phone. Yes. Since then, they've actually re- talked about it and reviewed it on the Incomparable podcast. So Aww. now I want, so I want to finish that before I listen to that podcast <laughs> as well. So I'll get to that in the future. But let's do a wrinkle in time first and we'll record yes. that together. I also got uh, re- Green, green Mars. You also got Green, green Mars. Mars. It's the second one, right? It is the second Okay, good. It's red, green, blue. Yes. Red, green, blue Mars. Yes, I got green Mars. Oh, also this book, I forgot to mention, it oh. won the Hugo Award. Ooh. And that was another reason why I read Citine as well, because it's not that I'm ticking off all the Hugo Award books, but it is one of those things that after reading Down Below Station, I was like, oh, I should get on to, I should get on to Citine now. Um, I don't think... Uh, yeah, green Mars also won the Hugo Award. So if we get to that, um, we, can, uh, we can do green Mars 2. Sounds good. Sounds like a good uh, schedule without schedule. And Blue Mars won the Hugo Award. I'm not saying that we need to read all the um, all the Hugo Awards. Oh, but I it... would like. I mean, I would like to to like. It feels the Mars trilogy is like you kind of need yeah all like yeah. You kind of need knowledge of all of them. You want to get to it, right? Yeah. Oh, check this out. Fifth season, Obelisk Gate and Stone Sky, all of the uh, Broken Earth series. Yeah. All three of them won the Hugo Award. She How did it. She did a three peat. She did a three peat. Uh, yeah, sure. Like it's the same with the, with all the uh, the nominated books for everything. Like to be honest, I'm looking at the other books which were, she was nominated against. Yeah, it probably should have won. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the Collapsing Empire you, you by John Scalzi. The... No, I read The Collapsing Empire by John Scalzi, Provenance by Anne Leckie, Raven Stratagem by Yoon Ha Lee, and Six Wakes by Mer Lafferty. I didn't read Kim Stanley Robinson's New York 2140. Um, yeah. But The Stone Sky was probably the best of those, actually, to be honest. Even though I, I didn't rate the second two books in that series. The first book, the fifth season, was so good, yeah. was so high, yeah. that even though the next two were big steps down from it, and I thought were disappointments, they're still really good books. Yes. Um, all right. Oh, and we wanted to read the next uh, Wayfarer's Becky Chambers. Yeah, let's put that. Uh, let me put that on. Uh, what was it? What's that called? Mm, something, 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 something. Yes, of course. They've all got long tables. Let me type in Wayfarer's. A closed and common orbit. Uh, read that one. Record of a space-born few. Yes. That's 13 hours and six minutes. I will also add that to my uh, cart, my wish list, my yeah. whatever on Audible. Yes, we've got a few books lined up. Yeah, Long Way to the Small Angry Planet. A Closed and Common Orbit and yep. Record of a Spaceborn Few. Yes. I've got no idea what this third book is going to be like. I enjoyed the first book, kind of. Didn't finish the second book, but hey, let's give it a go. Yeah, sounds good. All right, that's it. We've, we've talked for like an hour. 
about this book. You can it's... oh the audio book uh, the the main narrator of this book it's does good. Do really good. Okay. Um, let cool. me uh, let me quickly look let's see if I can go back to that on here. Um, narrated by it says here Gabra Zachman and Jonathan Davis. Gabra Zachman oh, does all people. all the same thing. And I was like Jonathan Davis is a really good audio book yeah, narrator. Yeah, I, I know. He pretty much that. reads out like the title the chapters of the titles and then just oh. disappears again. Oh. And I'm like wait like it's a 36 hour and 47 minute audiobook and Jonathan Davis gets like 15 minutes in all that time. I'm like, you can't just put Jonathan Davis onto a book and make me think, oh, this is going to be great. Like, all of Ariana's chapters yeah, are going to be by Gabra Zachman and Jonathan Davis is going to do all of Justin's chapters and, and Grant's but chapters. Helped. No, not at all. He's completely wasted. Completely wasted. Oh. Doesn't do anything. Literally, he, he might as well not be in. If even if Gabra Zachman hadn't even read those parts out of the book and they just skipped them, wouldn't have made any difference. But, made any difference. But it is still a good audiobook. Yeah, yeah, actually, Gabra Zachman, as the audiobook narrator, uh, does a really, really good job. It's impressive that when you hear someone talk and you just hear the voice, you're like, oh, I, you don't even need to say who's talking now. I already know. Like, you can do, when someone can just do a conversation between three or four different people and they don't have to have, say, said this person, said that person, you just get it from the voices and it's one person doing all the voices. This is great. But I it's so that. subtle because it's just yeah. like a different pacing or a different, yeah. slight different accent. You don't want yeah. it to be, oh, hey, hey I'm going to do this. You know, you don't need it that that different, just subtle differences. Yeah. And it's especially interesting when you get two people who are the same person, clones of each other, talking to each other. You're but like, you oh, can right. still hear. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very good. Ah, it's that's very good. nice. Um, Do they actually talk to each other? Well, the computer version of one, it's sort of like, I will now, here's ah. what I, like, because she, the, the, the previous one knew it was a long-term project yeah. to set up this, this clone of herself. Yeah. So she's also saying, oh, right, now you're this age. Let me tell you the story of this. Let me tell okay. you my memories of this. So okay. it's, it's not her talking to her. It's a recording of her voice talking to her and some cute, computer analyzing, okay. uh, co- computer generated voice or yeah. like, reading out reports to her. Like, right. oh, now you're ready to do this. Here is the story of this. And That's then fun. it tell, fills some stuff in the back. Right. That's it. Yo, go to audibletrial.com forward slash SFBRP to help support the podcast and get a free audiobook from Audible. Also, go to, really, go to patreon.com forward slash Luke and help support me long term in my podcasting. I know if you go there, it says all about juggling, but hey, SFBRP listeners can get in on the action and help support me and Juliana in our continuing um, fun project uh, stuff. And the yeah, SFBRP. And, and this gives us uh, the. the... The f- mind free, no, how yeah, do you the say? freedom the free to rubber. experiment with new projects as well. Yeah. Like, for example, the, the um, D&D podcast that we put out. Oh, yeah. Um, interesting fact, turns out my cousin, who I met at my grandmother's funeral uh, a few weeks ago, works for D&D. He works for the little coast. Um, so, uh, so that's an interesting little thing that I have in common with my cousin, who uh, I didn't know what he did. I thought he worked for in publishing. He worked right. for Guinness Book of Records for a while. Yeah. Uh, but now, yeah, now he works well, for I Wizards of the Coast. Is, is, is he promote, his, his job is promoting D&D, so uh, we yeah. might actually have some, uh, uh, not official tie-ins with the D&D product, but uh, we've got some fun stuff coming up in the future. Cool. Um, again, nothing official, but just sort of like some yeah. fun stuff coming up. Anyway, yeah, if you want to support that, Patreon.com forward slash Luke Burge. Otherwise, me on Twitter, I'm Luke Burge. Uh, and on Instagram, and Luke Goodreads. Burge. And Goodreads, Luke Burge. Become my friends and I can see what other people think of this book. For example, Cytine, um 3.43 average rating by 43, 42 friends of mine. Yeah, so it's basically like yeah, what you say. three and a half stars. Yeah. Lots, of, lots and lots of... Uh, there's like two five-star ratings, lots of four and three-star ratings, and a few one-star ratings. Tom Trasansky rated it one star. Um, I can totally understand someone getting into this book and just bouncing off it hard. Be just like, oh my God, not for me. Not for me, yeah. 
Sounds quite like that. Yeah, but as an identical twin who also likes reading political science fiction books. Goes right in your alley. No, because no? It, it, it's also too long and is a bit of a slog to yeah, get but through. Like the, and the literally, topic I was li- I've been listening to this audiobook for over a month. Like <laughs> That's long for you. It's a long time. Yeah. A long time yeah, reading this book. Yeah. Let me just look where the uh, where, when the last podcast came out that we did the review um, was China Mountain Jiang on uh, the... Oh no! Since then, since then we've done Red Mars. Oh, I haven't updated the I haven't updated the list. So let me quickly have a look at the blog post hmm. again. Uh, Red Mars, October fourteenth, and now what is it? Sunday eighteenth. Yes, is the last November. time. No, yeah, sorry, yeah, is hmm. uh, yeah, not. Uh, <laughs> it's also Sunday, Sunday October fourteenth, and then our next science fiction book review podcast that came out is over a month later. Just because, oh my god, this book is Massive. huge. It's okay. huge, and that's why. There's no set schedule for this podcast. Yeah. I just, whenever I finish a book, I do the review. And I finished this book yesterday. I was like, I'm going to get through it. Yeah. And I sat down and I watched a really good tennis match. And I wasn't feeling very well. And I put this audiobook on to listen to and I fell asleep. So then I had to go back and rewind the tennis match and rewind the audiobook <laughs> to finish off the last 20 minutes of this book, which is the exciting part. It's all like, ah, oh, explosions and shit like that. Uh-oh. And even then I was like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So definitely not a four-star book. Three and a half stars. Sounds good. All right, that's it. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Patreon.com.